everybody. <laughs> hey, everybody. How's it going today? Welcome to the next episode. Welcome to the new episode of the Sprint Vision Podcast. The best podcast in the nation. <laughs> I love it. I love the talking up. Yes, sir. We got um, a nice let's... episode for you guys today. Going to be hitting you all with a little bit of these uh, NFL analysis. There's been a little bit of uh, a little bit of trades going on in the NFL, so we'll be sprinkling those in. Um, but I'm gonna pull up the schedule here, and we got some. We'll we'll do some analysis and let y'all know how we feel. Yes, definitely. And we'll start with that Thursday night game. Thursday night game that actually was high scoring, which is surprising for Thursday night games. Apparently, was not a snooze fest. <laughs> yes, yes. Cardinal Saints. I mean, I want to start with the fact that it was like 14-14, and then I. It was 14-14 at one point, and I put my phone down. I stopped watching it for like five minutes, and I picked it back up. And actually, it wasn't even five. It was more like two. And then I picked it up, and then it was 28-14, and I was wondering what what, what happened. <laughs> yeah, Andy Dalton kind of threw this game away because he did throw three picks, um, but he did put up four touchdowns. Um, and Chris Olave being really one of the only uh, healthy receivers on that team he just did some stepping up, seven receptions, 106 yards. Um, I also, I actually had a, to do a double take when Kevin White caught a shallow cross and went for 65 yards. He said, Kevin White. And I was like, Ke Kevin who? <laughs> yeah, I was like, wait a minute. I thought he's still in the league. <laughs> I thought he was gone. Like, There's no way. I thought he was gone, retired, realized he was a bust, but <laughs> that one pass. Yeah, I was I was shocked. I had to do a double take on that also because I was like, wait a minute, he's still in the league. But yeah. um, but um, in the Cardinals side, I mean, the offense looked better because the because of D Hop being back. Still got some issues on that. I still got some issues with that offense, but they looked better now that D Hop is back. I mean, I mean, hopefully yeah. James Conner, if they, whenever they get him back, will help that offense even more and. But they played a really they played a really nice game. The defense stepped up and got takeaways. They were bend but don't break. Um absolutely and, uh, exploded yeah. in the second quarter, scored 25 points in one quarter. Yes, yes. They had to go for um they had to go for um they had to go they went for two twice. When one of them was because of Rodrigo Blankenship missing an extra point. We do have to pay attention to something. This is definitely the game where Kyler Murray told Cliff Kingsbury he needed to, quote, calm the F down. <laughs> that was right does, before. And he, and he did, yeah. This was right before the point started really going on. And Kyler Murray, you know, I believe, what was it, a fourth down play on the goal line, like the second or third yard line, and Cliff Kingsbury called it timeout. Kyler Murray got upset. We got to pay attention to that because Cliff Kingsbury is kind of on his seat, getting a little warm. Oh, you thought you think it's a little warm? Oh, I thought it was hot, hot. Yeah, um, it is. It is hot. I'm downplaying it, but yeah, it is hot. Um, and that's why Kingsbury isn't calming down. He's coaching for his job, and I get it, and I completely get it. But sometimes you just gotta trust your offense, and if you and if you're this 
offensive genius that everyone thought you are, I mean, I expect this team to be a lot better on offense. And 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 we'll give the fact and we'll give and I and yes, they scored forty two points, but take away the two defensive touchdowns and and yeah, so it, it was a good team win. And and hopefully the Cardinals can build up on that, and and maybe their offense will start to wake up and start to do something. And I'll give Andy Dalton this. I mean, he moves the ball down the field. Yeah, he threw three picks, but he also threw four touchdowns. I mean, he's looking like he has command of that offense, and um, he earned that starting job for this Sunday. Yeah, I know that they're uh, they were saying pretty much even if Jameis is healthy that uh, Andy Dalton should play and that he should play because he's definitely playing within the offense and is working. Um, not only should he play, not, not only should he play, he is playing. They they gave him the job. Yeah, that's what I mean. Like they yeah. gave him the job and that he should he should keep it. Um, you know, mm-hmm. nothing against Jameis, but it's like uh, if Jameis and Andy Dalton are kind of, I, Jameis throws three picks a game anyway, so. You know, we'll just have to see how that plays out. I don't think the Saints are to be taken very seriously this year. Um, this win for, was kind of big for the Cardinals because the NFC West is still pretty tight. The Seahawks currently lead it with being four and three, which is crazy. But um, we'll have to see how the Cardinals build upon this win. Hopefully, with D Hop coming back, it can build some momentum. I agree. I agree. The next game was the Browns and Ravens game. I was actually uh, out at a restaurant when I when this game was on and. Everybody at Yard House was was really losing their mind. Um, uh, Jacoby Brissett is just – he's just going to be Jacoby Brissett. There's nothing really special about it. Um, unfortunately, with him playing quarterback, this offense has a ceiling. Um, even though it was a good game and Amari Cooper finally started taking up and uh, getting some real, real crazy plays, uh, that push-off he had at the end of the game was devastating because he was going to walk into the end zone. Yeah, he um, was. On the other side, it, honestly, this is a, this was an underwhelming game by both teams because Lamar Jackson did not have that great of a game either. Nine for 16 for 120 yards. Uh, he ran 10 times for 59 yards, but no touchdowns on the day. Um, Gus Edwards in the running game kind of took up for it. The defense still did not look like Ravens' defense. So I was a little underwhelmed by this game, you know, uh, but the Ravens got the win that they really desperately needed. And, yeah. One of the one of Lamar's runs was a uh, Mark Andrews pitch to Lamar Jackson. I saw that. Like he was playing running, like it looked like he was playing running back. Which, which when really, that happened, I was like, "That's not going to help the running back rumors." Like, <laughs> yeah, that's not going to help. That, that's everyone's going to say Lamar, Lamar B. Come on, guys, don't do that. But um, <laughs> but 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 but. but but the Ravens, that this was a good win. This was a good win for the Ravens. Like you said, they needed it. I mean, Lamar only completed nine passes. I mean, that's that's not gonna it's not gonna help in the long term. But nope. but they did what they needed to do to win. This was Gus Edwards returned for over from over from being gone for over a year because of his ACL injury. So he got yes. his first game back. He looked like the Gus Edwards of old, running sixty six yards and two touchdowns. He he looked good. He looked good, and um, he basically has that starting running back job until until J.K. comes back. Um, and if Gus Edwards gain that, and you know, Gus Edwards pretty much clinched that starting job, that starting job. Justin Justin Hill basically just lost his play to playing time. I mean, 
that fumble before the Amari Cooper push off touchdown. I mean, come yeah. on. Yeah. <laughs> and and um and and then like I said, it was a good team win. The defense was able to hold them when they need to. The Browns was not clutch with that false start with that with that supposed to kick a 56 yard field goal, but that false start caused them to have to kick a 61. Yeah. And was that kick blocked or was it just really, really bad? It was blocked. Oh, well, at least they said it was blocked. Uh, I didn't see the replay, but I did. They said it was blocked. Okay, because I'm hoping it was blocked. And I thought it was, but I but I couldn't see it. But I was hoping it was because that kick was really bad. Mm-hmm. And and in in like you said, the Ravens really needed this win. I mean, they're still tied for first in, a, in the AFC North. They needed it that if they want to stay up there in that division. It was a good all around win and. A going-around game. Yeah, we got to keep an eye on the Ravens. Let's see if they can build on it. I mean, I just think the, the Ravens might be the team that is underwhelming the most this year. I mean, they came in, everybody being healthy. Lamar Jackson ready to prove that he deserves a great contract. And uh, even though they're winning some games, they are just not playing dominant football like I expected. I will say that I will say that the offensive line has to do a better job protecting Lamar. I mean, the Browns do have a good defensive line. Shout out to shout out to Miles Garrett. Shout out to Martin Emerson, and shout out to Taven Bryan for for getting sacks. But yes, but they do have a good defensive line. But still, they need a they need. And, and then I'm shouting out just the I'm shouting out just the just the sacks. I mean, they had five QB hits. And I don't have the pressure stats in front of me, but I'm sure it was it was a it was a high rate. So they need to find a way to get to they need to find a way to protect Lamar if they really want this. If they really want to do well, the offensive line they they need to find some pieces. And I I think for the Ravens' sake, they gotta they gotta do whatever they can to protect Lamar if he really wants to have that good game. Lamar in a while has not had that dominant game. Yeah, I mean, like, I mean, his first two weeks yeah. he was going crazy. Yeah, and and um and and he's considerably losing MVP votes that he would have gotten if he kept going what he was doing earlier in the week, earlier in the year. Yeah, and you're seeing him miss a lot of throws that you're just you know not used to a former MVP quarterback missing. I mean, I've seen like three or four wide open Devin Duvernay, uh, somebody running Rashad Bateman running wide open down the sideline and Lamar just overthrows him. And those are the ones that are hard to overthrow because they're so wide open. You don't have to throw a fly, uh, a jump ball or a fly ball. You could just put that joint on the money. So we got to see uh, Lamar Jackson's throwing mechanics have always been kind of weird, but they're looking like they're especially weird this year. Like he doesn't look comfortable throwing. He shouldn't be outplayed by Jacoby. Absolutely not. That's inexcusable. How'd you feel about this Buccaneers Panthers game? Well, I knew it was going to be bad when Mike Evans dropped that bucket of a pass. Mm. Hit him in the bread basket and he bobble, 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 drop. And then after Mike that, Evans is usually money for that. Yeah. And then after that, it just went. Bad. Did you know? Fun fact. Did you know that 
the Bucks running game is the worst in history up to this point? In history, no. In history. Rushing yards per game is the lowest in NFL history up to this point. Which is weird. I mean, you you've got Leonard Fournette and you've got I still think the Bucks have a decent line. Um and they've got receivers that make it tough. You got to keep them honest with the receiving game. So that's really, really interesting. So they're not running the ball. Efi- okay. okay. Well, I, I can't even say efficiency. They're just not running the ball. I mean, in this game, they run the ball. They're kind of running the ball, but other games, they weren't running the ball at all. They're relying well, wasn't on. Wasn't there a game? There was a game a few weeks ago where Leonard Fournette only had like seven carries, and we talked about that. Yeah, it was against the Chiefs. Mm. Um, they're they're wide receivers. I mean, I I I said that Julio Jones wasn't going to be an impact player at all in Tampa, and he's been being proven right so far. I mean, but yeah. but you got Mike Evans, you got Godwin going back, you got Gage. I mean, he he has weapons, but it, it, I just feel like they're not getting separation. I don't know what's going on. Like Tom Brady only. Tom Brady, I don't know. I, I just don't know what's going on with the Bucs so far. I don't know. And the and what's surprising the most is not necessarily the three points. It's the fact that the defense allowed Carolina to score two one. <laughs> That's yeah, exactly like you said. It's not like they have a totally different team from uh that Super Bowl run. They still got Fournette. Uh, I guess I'm just is Ronald jo- uh Ronald uh Jones hurt? He's not on Tampa anymore. Where is he? Was in Kansas City. I don't know if they kept him. Wow, I did not know that. Yeah, he's still in Kansas City. He just doesn't get playing time. Which is interesting because he was a good back. Okay. We got to keep an eye on that. Obviously, the coaching change. Bruce Arians has left the team to um left the team to uh who Todd Bowles. Todd Bowles. We'll have to see what that turns into. Um, that that very well might be an issue. Which fun fact about Todd Bowles? He took adult classes at Mount St. Mary's, and he's going to be graduating from the Mount this spring. Wow, that is interesting. <laughs> he will be. He'll be on campus. Walking across the stage. That's funny. Yeah. So if we want to <laughs> hit up Mount St. Mary's graduation, you see Todd Bowles right there. Yeah. But yeah, this game was weird. You know, PJ Walker, check down champion, you know, playing within the offense. Um, who is that? Deontay Foreman making yeah. a bit of a res- making Deontay a bit Foreman, of a resurgence. Yeah. yeah. 118 carry or 118 yards. Chupa Hubbard, which we already knew was talented. I mean, both of those top running backs. I mean, Deontay Foreman averaged 7.9 yards per carry and uh, Chupa Hubbard averaging seven. That's just not something you expect from the Buccaneers defense. Their run defense was number one in the league, I think, the last two years. Um, so, yeah, yeah Devonta Foreman, I mean, he found, a, he found a lane and ran for 60 yards. Yeah, and then and then Chuba right after that scored a touchdown. Like, like, like they're they were running the ball. They were able to run the ball, and ma- and they made life easy for PJ Walker and DJ Moore. Seven catches and a touchdown. I mean, they made 
this the team made PJ Walker's life easy because he didn't have to do anything too complicated. He really didn't have to. Um, he's the XFL. That's MVP. The real question is, yeah, he go, why he go. why was Baker unable to do those things? You know, I mean, you lean on the run game and you let PJ Walker throw for 190 yards and two touchdowns. I can argue that is not Baker per se. I can argue that it was more coaching than his Baker. Mm. Yeah, because Steve Wilkes walked into it. Yeah. I, I feel like if that was Baker behind center, they'll still have they'll still win. But PJ played an efficient game. I'm not taking any away from PJ. I'm not. I'm not. I just think that if, if Baker or Darnold would be actually I'm I'm, I'm, I'm gonna screw Darnold out of this. He's not good. <laughs> um if this was Baker, he probably would have also it's just now, really interesting. I mean, the Panthers got a number one overall and a number three overall quarterback, and neither one of them are good. Yeah. Now, now Steve Wilkes did say that if Baker or Darnold was healthy right now, they're still playing PJ. Yeah, which I remember the deserved, saying which deserved, deserved. Yeah, I would agree. I think it's deserved as well. Yeah, and 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 the defense, which has pieces, they have good pieces, which is why they're not going to trade Brian Burns. They're not going to. They're, they're not blowing up his defense. They have pieces, and and they played really well against the Bucks. They did. Yeah, yeah. Well, and, that, and that's why I also feel like DJ Moore won't get traded because they have pieces. And guys, you're wondering why we didn't mention Christian McCaffrey, and we mentioned Devonta Foreman and Chuba Hubbard. He got traded. He got traded. C-Mac is gone. During the Thursday night game, we all got the news that uh, he got traded to the 49ers. We're talking about, we're talking about his debut with the 49ers. He did play. But this is how the Panthers did without him. Which, funny enough, not bad. I mean, it's really funny when you see, you know, Dante Jackson had 10 tackles this game. They were able to get some pressure. Um, and they were able to run the ball, and P.J. Walker is placing the ball where it needs to go. Um, this is a stand-in quarterback, a stand-in coach, and you go toe-to-toe with Tom Brady and the Buccaneers. So, And what's funny is that the Panthers can be first place in this division, in their division this week. It can you happen. Panthers? Yeah, it can happen. We will have to see. If they do, then the whole NFL world owes Steve Wilkes an apology. Hey, hey, hey. D- yes. He he will 100% be getting a coaching job. It's not in Carolina, but somewhere else. If, if, somewhere. That, if this happens, he's getting a job. I mean, you give him one year with Josh Rosen and the Cardinals that year, it's just, uh, wow. Kyler Murray owes that man a game check. That's all I say. And so does Kings, so Kingsbury. Yeah. So this Falcons Bengals game. Um, yeah, Marcus Mariota came back to earth a little bit, eight for 13, 124 and a touchdown. Um, Algier getting some bump, but 16 carries and 50 yards is eh. They use Marcus Mariota a lot. Demir Bird having that 75 yard touchdown is crazy because that man just never seems to go away. It seems like anytime there's a big play touchdown play or something like that, you're just like, whoa, Demir Bird, where is he? Like, 
Bears, Patriots, like he's all over the place. On the other side, Joe Burrow just lit him up. You know, it's not even like Joe Mixon had a great game. Joe Burrow just just said, "All right, I'm just gonna, I'm gonna drag on him." You know what's crazy? What's that? They were down fourteen nothing at the end of the first quarter. The Falcons. They were down twenty eight seventeen at the end of the second quarter. They were down thirty five to seventeen at the end of the third quarter. They lost the game thirty five to seventeen. Yeah. Nobody why are they so committed? Game. Why are they so committed to running the football? Yeah. It's hard for you to be down like that and not trust Marcus Mariota's arm, especially when he just had a near perfect game last week. Yeah, but also keep in mind he only threw the ball 16 times last week. Yeah. So either way, they're still not trusting his arm. Yeah. Kyle Pitts only getting three three catches. That's crazy. Kyle Pitts only had three five targets. Drake London only had one target. Yeah. They're, they're, I don't even blame Pitts or London at this point. They don't trust Marcus Mario to throw the football. They don't. If you're not going to do that, put in Ritter. Put in I Ritter. was going to say, on. you. if it's, I personally feel like this is going to sound bad, but I feel like. Marcus Mariota right now is on the same level of what Desmond Ritter could be. Um, they have basically the same skill sets. Um, but I think that uh, Desmond Ritter might have a fresher command of this offense. So, I, you know, it's about that time. I, It's funny. I think Marcus Mariota might have been playing for the trade deadline, but I know, like, quarterbacks don't really get moved, like, mid in the middle of the year like that. Um, but even though this is Marcus Mariota's like one year to like kind of prove it and see where he can go, um, Desmond Ritter's hot in his trail. They're three and four. They've lost, I think, two games that they shouldn't have lost. Uh, you know, so we just we got to see how that shakes out. But if you're not going to trust Marcus Mariota, you've got to put in Desmond Ritter. Something's got to give. And and um, and I guess the the people who put in AJ Terrell stock. You're losing a lot of money because AJ Terrell got hooked. He's so is a lot cooked. of other defenders on that team. Yeah, he's been getting cooked. This, uh, he's been getting cooked this year. And Burrow, 484, 481 yards and three touchdowns. Like, I mean, man. Cooking. And he eased off the gas pedal in the fourth quarter. So. Tyler Boyd, 155 yards. Jamar Chase, 130 yards. T. Higgins, 93. Like, oh my gosh! If you're a receiver that's what you want to see. If you're a receiver from the Bengals, you were eating, and that's that's what you want to see from them. I mean, the Bengals they started out. Uh, what did they start? 0 and 2 or 0 and 3? I mean, I, they haven't won four straight, but they definitely started out rough. You knew that offense was going to carry, and that the defense was going to be a complement. So. That's what you want to see. You want to see those three wide receivers who probably is a top three, top five wide receiver room in the league take off like that. And the th- the, the scary thing about the Bengals is they could do this every week. You could expect those type of numbers every week from them. You could. And this is with a down year from Joe Mixon. Imagine, yeah. what, what, imagine what will happen with this offense if he starts picking this game up. Joe Mixon is funny. He has a down year and then an up year and then a down year and then an up year again. So uh, 
Last year, you know, funny enough, last year he had 292 carries for 1,200 yards. This year he's got 121, which is almost half of those carries, and he's only got 405. Um, his his yards per carry has never really been like super impressive, but being the bell cow that he is, you expect him to be a little more physically dominant. And this year he just has been getting knocked around a little bit. Yeah, I mean, Joe Mick, yeah, they're going to have to do something about that. Um, they're going to have to do something about that. I don't know if it's because of the offensive line or just him. I, I can argue it's kind of both. But either way, they got to do something. They got to do something. They have they, they did everything they can do to improve that offensive line. And they did everything they can to improve that offensive line. Now they need to do something. Now they need to find a way to have a – consistent offensive line play to A, protect Burrow, and B, get some running room for Mixon because this is because Joe Mixon should not – no running back start should be averaging under four yards per carry at this point. No. Yeah. Actually, uh, I didn't catch much of the Cowboys-Lions game. Seems pretty cut and dry. Dak Prescott making his returns pretty important. Um, Tony Pollard uh, and Ezekiel Elliott splitting carries. Um, seems to be working, even if neither one of them are like very, like none, neither one of them really pop off, pop off the, you know, CD Lamb being wide receiver one seems to work. And the Lions are just, uh, they still can't stop anything. Jared Goff is terrible. Um, he is terrible. He, he's terrible. Um, the, the Lions defensive line is dominant. Um, they only got two sacks, but. They were getting pressure. They were doing whatever they can. They were doing whatever they could do. Um, they were doing whatever they could do. Um, Noah Brown had that catch, and that was looking like he was going to score a touchdown. I think before the first half, and he um, and and I don't remember who the defender was, but completely knocked him and flipped him over. Mm. That caused a fumble. And 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 it was. Three and it was six to three, Detroit at halftime. But but Detroit as a young team, they can't rely on their defense be out the entire time, and and they ended up and then the Cowboys ended up scoring twenty one points in the second half, and Dak getting his first touchdown pass of the year. That it, it goes to show once again that Jared Goff isn't good. I mean. And then within and within the fourth quarter, there the 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 Lions in the red zone, they give the ball to Jamal Williams. He could have scored, but he fumbled it. I don't think he played the rest of the game, but it didn't matter because their next two drives, interception, golf, golf was a pick. Last drive, golf was a pick. So this offense needs help. This offense needs help. Yes, I agree. And 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 I'll give a huge and 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 good job that for the Cowboys defense. I mean, we know they're good, but um, they really they they bought out and did not allow a single touchdown. And Trayvon Diggs got another pick. So Trayvon um, Diggs and his numbers is doing he's doing a lot better this year as far as being a shutdown corner. So. Yeah, he, he is. is. He's starting he, to he climb. Is. He he is. Um, 
there is a whole lot of the jokes about how Trayvon Diggs, he gets burned because interceptions. I mean, yeah, but it's because he takes a lot of gambles. And yeah. if you're a gambling corner, you're going to win some, you're going to lose some. But in the end of the exactly. day, he's a good corner. I'm not, it, it's, it, it, it's only, this is only happening because he plays for the Cowboys. You play for literally any other team, I think people would say that he's a good corner. Yeah. <laughs> How about that Jaguars Lions game or Jaguars a uh, Giants game? This game was close and and it went down to the wire and it ended inches away. Christian Kirk got tackled inches before getting in the end zone. Wow. Which which would have won in the game. Um, I saw this on Twitter, and the more I think about it, the more you really need to talk about this. We talk about MVPs, Josh Allen getting MVP votes, Patrick Mahomes getting MVP votes, Jalen Hurts getting MVP votes, which is deserving. How's Saquon? Would be it wouldn't be uh, the craziest thing to be honest. You know when you look at his stat his stats, he's uh we're not even halfway through the season yet. He's already average he's averaging five yards a carry, got seven hundred and twenty six yards, four touchdowns. Uh wouldn't be crazy. Got a lot of those big plays too. Yeah, and in in he in his is his and in the offense runs through Saquon and he is doing amazing. He is playing amazing. And I think that and I think he deserves some MVP votes because the the, the Giants, I mean, the Giants are playing well with Saquon being that leader in that train. And I'll give Danny Daniel Jones this. They were down. 17 to 13 in the third quarter. Yes. They came back and won the game. Old Daniel Jones, he'll be throwing picks. Now, 19 to 30, 202 yards and a touchdown, also ran for over 100 yards. He is respectable. He is playing respectable. He's not the best quarterback. He's not. They can probably still find an upgrade, but he's doing whatever he needs to do to win. And that's all you can't ask for him. I think the question becomes, are you extending Daniel Jones or are you letting him walk? I don't. I really don't see him having much of a market, to be honest. I don't either. I think it just depends on how much he asks for. Yeah, if, if he, he takes w- a team-friendly deal, then I can see them building around him. Um, we talked mm-hmm. about this before the season started, that, you know, not Daniel Jones is not Josh Allen, but Brian Dable making D- Josh Allen what he is – Daniel Jones has a similar that he has some some similar traits and you're starting to see that you know as a runner um and throwing in the run and stuff like that um Brian Dable did not used to trust his running game like that uh on Buffalo but he's doing it more here and it's working out for him um the problem is is that when Daniel Jones hits the market if he decides to people are going to say you became that you got you gave us 4 years of bad football and one year of good football because of Brian Dable um, I don't see a lot of teams that's gonna really trust that. So, what do you, and then what if you about really you? think about it? And then if you really think about it, this is a conversation you can have for in the offseason. What teams would need a quarterback? They'll probably try to not go in the draft. Yeah, yeah. not a lot of them. This is a quarter. This is the league. Like it seems like almost every uh, team in the league has their quarterback for the at least the next two years. 
Um, and even the ones that are looking for a quarterback know how heavy of a quarterback class this is. So it's kind of like Daniel Jones, you kind of have to take a team-friendly deal so they can build around you. Um, and that's if they believe in you. And 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 we'll see throughout the year. I mean, I mean, we can also say that he's playing this well because they have Saquon to get the ball to. So who knows? We'll we'll find out. We'll find out. It's just interesting to think about because I consider Daniel Jones and Geno Smith in the same category, you know? Yeah, and Daniel Jones is doing this without a number one receiver. I don't think Darius Slayton and Wendell Robinson are one number ones. And no. and they're they have to fill that role because who else would they fill it? Who else would they have to fill it? I mean, Galladay is hurt. He's not playing. They want to get rid of him. They already got rid of they got rid of Darius Tony. Yeah. And Kenny Galladay is also committing highway robbery, so they can't really reward him for that. And um and and for the Jaguars, this was ETN's breakout game. So good that um they traded James Robinson. Let's see, he and, ran James Robinson out of town. Yeah, this is ETN's game. Uh, this is ETN's running back. This is ETN's job. He's going to be a bell cow. He was one of the best ACC running backs ever to play when he play, was playing for Clemson with Trevor Lawrence. And, yep. and now he is showing in the pros that he had, that he's electrifying. He can, he can, he, I mean, he didn't really do it. To, he didn't really do it Sunday, but he is a really good pass catcher at the backfield. He's showing that he can be. He's showing that he can be RB one. Now, will he continue to put, be RB one throughout the year? And 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 what I mean by RB one, because obviously it's going to be his job. But can he play like he's RB one? We'll yeah, see. Yeah, I mean, besides Travis Etienne, you really didn't have, have a lot of running back play. So, if he can be that bell cow, then great. Um, but we'll have to see how he manages with handling all the load. But but I'll also say this: he only ran the ball fourteen times, and Trevor Lawrence threw it forty three times. Forty three times, which I don't, I do not want to see Trevor Lawrence throwing forty three times in a game. I don't either, especially since he barely completed over fifty percent of his passes. Yeah, let's and, talk about your team. Jesus, all right, let's talk about it. How did you? Uh, How did you feel? I felt like the uh, Commanders had the juice to win that game. So uh, when they seeing them win, I kind of wasn't surprised. Well, it, it helps that Aaron Rodgers is only target really that game was really Aaron Jones, but, um, but it, it's, I'm going to speak as a fan. I'm going to speak as an analyst. I'm going to speak. I'm going to start with as a fan, as a fan. It was rough to start with because there was about five plays where I saw Heineke looking like he's going to throw a pick. <laughs> uh, it it was rough. It was rough, but um, Washington found a way to win. Um, Heineke was Heineke when he needed him to. He he made the good throws that needed to be made. He did something Carson Wentz wouldn't do, which was throw the ball to McLaurin. Um, <laughs> Brian Robinson, Antonio Gibson, they um combined for thirty carries. I mean, they did what they had to do to win the game. They. You have both of them running the football. You have Ryan Robinson getting those tough yards. And you have Antonio Gibson being that more elusive. Let's get some, let's get some bigger yards guy. I mean, they, they ran the ball and threw it to McLaurin. 
which is what Wentz should be doing. But for some reason, Scott Turner didn't want to do that. And maybe and, Scott Turner. And, and they did what they had to do. And the offense did what they had to do to win. Maybe Scott Turner's a little more comfortable um, using Taylor Heineke and his mobility. Although I think it's a mistake because I think Carson Wentz is a better quarterback than Taylor Heineke, but. Yeah, and Washington, if you happen to listen to this, if you happen to listen to this podcast, please, for the love of God, stop saying that Heineke is QB1. <laughs> I like Taylor Heineke. I do not like him as a 16, 17-game starter. <laughs> Taylor Heineke is good for injuries. He's reliable backup. I don't want him starting. Once Wentz comes back, I want him starting. I want Wentz to have the same game plan that gave the Heineke. But knowing that we can also air the ball out because Carson Wentz will zip it to the receivers. Which um, I just got the notification as a recording is that um, Alan Lazard's not playing on Sunday. Well, Packers down bad. Yep. Anyway, um, anyway. Um, and, Taylor Heineke, uh, did, he did exactly what you want from a backup quarterback. I mean, people think a backup quarterback is supposed to just be forgotten behind the franchise guy. No, this is why you have a backup quarterback that is reliable, that knows the system, that's been there, to step into a game and say, all right, we trust you with the same offense. Give me 200 yards and two touchdowns. That's why you have a good backup. The teams that have terrible backups are one injury away from a six-loss, six-losing losing streak. Yes, exactly. And I was listening to the Pat McAfee show earlier today, and Aaron Rodgers shows up to his show every Tuesdays. And he said something that, now that I think about it, makes sense. He said that the commander's defense really didn't do anything special to stop that offense. Yeah. And they didn't. They didn't. Yeah. They just played better. It wasn't like it wasn't like that offense was schemed better than the Packers. No. They just played better. <laughs> so this comes now putting on my analyst hat. I think the offense, I think the Packers offense a lot of issues. They have a lot of issues. Um, last week I said they need to have Aaron Jones touch the football. He did that passing the ball. They only had eight carries. You talked about this last week. Aaron Jones needs to be touching the football. Give the ball to Aaron Jones and let him run. Seriously, th th this should not be complicated. Nope. Aaron Jones averages over five yards a carry. Actually, I think he averages over six yards per carry, but I'm not too sure. Give him the football. Let him run. He will get you yards. Like I said, you're not gonna have Al not gonna have Alan Lazard. You're not gonna have Randall Cobb. Yeah. Sammy Watkins isn't a isn't a wide receiver one. Romeo Dobbs isn't a wide receiver one. No. Amari Rogers isn't a wide receiver one. No. Do not sit there. I do not want to see Aaron Rodgers throw the ball 35 times like he did last time. I don't. Unless the Packers are completely destroying, not the Packers, unless the Bills are completely destroying them. I don't want to see it. Yeah. Run the ball. 
Aaron Jones, A.J. Dillon. Didn't even run the ball just as many times as Brian Robinson and Julio Gibson. Run the football. It should not be that hard. Shouldn't be, you know. And it as close of a game as it was, that was just a game where you could have imposed your will. Um, I know that the, that Washington's defensive line is scary, um, but a, a, uh, Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon is one of the best one-two punches in the league. You know, Aaron Jones only got eight uh, touches, you know, averaging 2.9 yards. A.J. Dillon, four uh, four touches for 15 yards, which is 3.8. Like you said, in, on, on the year, Aaron Jones averages 5.5 yards per carry. Why are you not giving him the ball 20 times a game? Like, why are you not? You know what Aaron Rodgers can do, especially what he can do in space. Um, trusting Aaron Jones as a receiver more than you trust him as a running back is a mistake. And and they need a and the Packers need to get a new punt returner. Amari Rodgers fumbled the ball. He muffed the punt. Why is he returning punts? Why is he? Yeah, he should not be returning punts. I think the special teams. I I, I think all three phases all three phases failed the Packers. Yes, even the defense, because the defense were making mental mistakes. Jair Alexander was Terry McLaurin, Terry McLaurin is Jair Alexander's dad. Like, come on. <laughs> he, he, he burned him. And um, there was a play where Heineke was sacked, fumbled. I don't remember who picked it up and returned it for a touchdown. I think it was Devontae Campbell, but I don't remember. It was called back because Eric Stotes held the receiver during the route. I'm putting it in quotations because I don't know if he actually did. It was a ticky-tack foul, but the fact that you put yourself in that position for that to be called, mental mistakes. Yeah. Yeah, the Packers, you know, which is funny because when they had that dominant defense a few years ago, they still have a lot of those players. You know what I'm saying? Um, Razul Douglas was on that team. Uh, Adrian Amos, Preston Smith, Jair Alexander, um, and uh, Kenny Clark, Darnell Savage. You're not seeing any of them really make plays this year. So Yeah, you're not. And, and someone's going to have to step up with this Packers because they are not playing well. And I'll, and I'll attest to this, too. I don't think this is exposing LaFleur. I don't think this is exposing LaFleur. I just think this is – I just think the offense has a, has – you need certain players to run that offense very well, and the Packers just don't have it. Yeah, I, the fact that they've won three games this year is actually kind of surprising, um, and I don't think it's exposing Aaron Rodgers or Mike LaFleur. I think it's exposing the front office. I mean, how good would this team be if instead of completely ignoring Aaron Rodgers, you got him the weapons he's been asking for for years? The A.J. Dillon, Eric Stokes, and um, and Jordan Love picks make zero sense. And you're not seeing a quarterback that's like on the way out that needs an heir. You're seeing a quarterback that would be putting up even better MVP numbers if he had better receivers. Exactly, and I know they drafted Dobbs, but he had four targets, zero catches, and one of them was a drop. Yeah. 
they need a receiver. They need a receiver. You got to go get that star receiver. I'm surprised they didn't try harder to get someone to replace to replace Devonta Adams. I mean, you're not Devontae Adams. You're not going to find a Devonta Adams like player because that's Devonta Adams. But find somebody. I mean, Alan Lazard. There's no way he was. He's not touching that 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 tier at all. They didn't and, find anybody even close. And not only did they let out, and not only did they trade trade Devonte, they let MVS walk. Yeah, it was a bad idea. I mean, as a fan, I'm glad. I'm glad Washington won, but but it pertains to this game. It's more like it's more like wow. Packers, man. Yeah, that's what's that's why it's so interesting to talk about what's happening in Green Bay. Is it's you're about to enter purgatory. I mean, what's going to happen this offseason? Are you going to reload? You got to pay a good number of players. Um, you've got Aaron Rodgers, Aaron Jones. That defense is getting older. Um, Aaron Rodgers could still retire, like he's been saying for the last four years. Um, who wants to come play in Green Bay if Aaron Rodgers is not going to be one throwing you the ball? Jordan exactly. Love, every time every time they put Jordan Love into the game, it's a tire fire. So we don't know. I mean, Aaron Rodgers could stay another year unless they really bring in some talent. They look like they're still going to they're going to be stuck. Yeah, it's I don't know what I don't know. I don't know what this team can do because it's not like it's one they need. It's not like it's one thing. Yeah. It is multiple, multiple things that needs to be fixed, which includes Aaron Rodgers, because it's not like he's been perfect either. But no, it's not. But it's like he's still been putting up, you know, decent numbers. Mm-hmm. The problem is, is that at the very least, let's say they figure it out this offseason and they become a playoff team. Cause I don't I don't think they're a contender, but they're a playoff team. You would still look at the last three years and say you have wasted some really prime players that have played in Green Bay. Wasted. Yeah. So we'll have and to I, see. I mean, and I feel bad for the real Packers fans out there. Emphasis on real. It's gonna be a long. It's gonna be a. It's gonna be a rough time unless the front office just gets the pieces that you need. That's what it is. I mean, any time that Aaron Jones gets more receptions than carries in a game is a failure. That should not happen. It shouldn't happen. And like I said, and I'm going to, and and foreshadowing, if the Packers want to pull the upset and beat the Bills, hand the football off. Just hand it off. Run the football. Run the football. Run the football. Have packages yep. where Aaron Jones and AJ Dillon on the field together. It looks like they have to play more since they don't have receivers. But who cares? Run the ball. Best Run way it. to defend Josh Allen is to literally keep him off the field. Exactly. All right. Colts, Titans. I mean. You started. I'm going to go grab my charger real quick. All right. Colts, Titans. I mean, we talked about PJ Walker being a check down Charlie. This is the game of. Two check down Charlies. I mean, they're both competing for who's the best check down quarterback in the league. Um, Matt Ryan threw for 243 yards and 44 t- attempts. And Ryan Tannehill threw 132 yards on 20 attempts. Um, 
the Titans are not a team that really throws the ball down the field. So that's not really a surprise. But the Colts, that was kind of a surprise because everyone was like, let's get Matt Ryan because you know, let's get Matt Ryan and we're going to be better offense because he's going to have more command in the offense. He's going to be launching it and he's going to be doing what he can do. Well, that sucks now that rumors came out his arms being shot, his arm was shot. And now he's not even the starting quarterback. So, so Matt Ryan, after this game got benched, we're not seeing him for the rest of the year. Um, then we'll talk about then we'll talk about Sam Ellinger and how he didn't do later on. But um, but Matt Ryan also had a shoulder injury, and it things are not looking good for the Colts at all. I mean, Jonathan Taylor only ran the ball ten times. That is not enough at all. You should not be running the ball 10 times. No. Nope. I completely agree. And even though I don't think it's a bad move that Matt Ryan got benched, um, do you really trust Sam Ellinger coming in? This is going to be, what, the fourth quarterback in three years? This team, you know, as talented as it is, just cannot seem to put it together at the right time. And yeah, I think I think the it's funny enough. I think the Packers are going to turn into what the Colts are now, if they don't make a strong decision. Yeah, I mean, I mean, like like I said, I'll talk about Sam Ellinger later on. But but um, but um, that this the, the Colts need help with offense. They they really do. The offensive line can't protect the thing. You can't protect anybody. Um, they have wide receivers that can, they have good wide receivers, but but they weren't good either. There were there were some drops. Michael Pittman's fumble wasn't clutch either. I mean, this team just needs a lot of help, and they got to do and they need to do what they can, and they have to. And if Ellinger is the guy to really make this team go bet do better. Then maybe, then maybe it's a good, maybe it's a good game. Maybe it's a good idea, but I feel like this team just needs a lot of help, and putting it on Matt Ryan is really the most. Now, why did they move on from Carson Wentz? Because I know last year Carson Wentz had twenty six touchdowns, nine interceptions. I know he got hurt. I know he messed up that last game of the year, but when you've got a quarterback that I think Carson Wentz would be would look better in this offense than either Philip Rivers or Matt Ryan has. I don't know. I think they just put it all on Wentz and said uh, they put it all on Wentz because of the last two weeks, not just that last week. Because remember, they need to do one win within the next two weeks to make it, and they lost both games. Um, I I think they just associated uh, that yeah. with they associated with that with how how he's just not a good quarterback, and they just wanted to get rid of him. And that, and I also think Jim Irsay had an issue with Carson Wentz not being vaccinated. But this isn't a political show, so. <laughs> yeah. Um, with the Titans, I mean, like I said before, Matt Ryan Tannehill only threw it twenty times, but he didn't really have to throw it all a lot. They don't really throw the ball down the field anyway. Derrick Henry ran for one hundred twenty-eight yards. I mean, if you have an offense with Derrick Henry, you're doing what I think the Colts. Not, no, you're doing what I think the what the Colts should have done and what the Packers should be doing: running it with the bell cow. Yeah, Derrick Henry doing what Derrick Henry does. Um, 
and it's funny. I mean, it's just with the Titans, you know, you know exactly how to stop them. You know exactly how to stop them. Ryan Tannehill, 13, 20, 13 out of 20, 132 yards, no touchdowns, no no picks. Cool. But if Derrick Henry is going to get 30 carries a game, then you know exactly how to stop him. Just stop the run. Just find a way to stop the run. Stop Derrick Henry. Yep. I know that's easier said than done, but if you can stop Derrick Henry, you're guaranteeing a victory at this point. Pretty much. They don't got any any crazy receivers, you know? Austin Hooper was their best receiver last week. That doesn't happen very often. So, And, and this is an offense that, like I said before, they do not throw the ball down the field. They don't necessarily need a good receiver. Yeah. So we just got to see that it looks like the Titans going to walk into a division title again because that division is just so weak. Nobody challenging it. Uh, speaking of nobody challenging it, I've, we've got their game up here. I mean, Texans, uh, Josh Jacobs. That's all I got to say. Davis Mills had 300 yards. He threw 41 times. Not like what I want to see. Damian Pierce doing pretty good things. I'll tell you what, Kenneth Walker is kind of, Making his making his name for rookie of the year, but we'll talk about that in the Seahawks game. Okay, but Seahawks, Josh Jacobs, man. <laughs> yeah, Josh Jacobs, man. I mean, Derek Carr had a good game 21 27, 241. Devontae Adams, eight catches, 95 yards. But Josh Jacobs was just he was all over this game. Shout out to Josh Jacobs. You're on my fan, you're on my fantasy team. So I, I needed them points. I needed them points. <laughs> um, yeah, so. Josh Jacobs, he, he's playing for a new contract. He, he, he's showing he's showing either the Raiders or someone else that he, he wants to get signed. He wants to be paid. And he's playing like he should be paid because he has just been killing it the past couple of weeks. Yeah. And and he's just he's just been amazing. Um the the the, the Texas just could not stop. He was just he was doing whatever he wanted. He could not be stopped. And let's also add three catches for 12 yards for Josh Jacobs. Doing whatever he wanted. <laughs> the, the Texans and Raiders, they, this was a – and I was watching this game. It was a close game. They are going back and forth, back and forth. One team scored the other team. It was just back and forth, back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. And then, yeah. and, and then, the, and then the Raiders pretty much put the pedal into the metal and say, yep, we're gone, and just ran it, just ran it. Um, um, the Davis Mills threw a pick in the end of the game. He threw a pick. He threw a pick before the before the two minute warning. I mean, it it, it didn't necessarily seal the game, but we all knew the game was going to end up. Yeah, especially after the game Josh Jacobs had. Yeah, and um, and and and, and neither defenses really played well, but the Raiders' defense played well when they had to. I mean, yeah, they played well when they had to, and they and 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 Duran Harmon had that pick six, and oh, that's why that's why that game was on lockdown. He threw Davis Mills threw a pick six, that very much put the game on ice. Yeah, yeah, it was a it was a pretty interesting game. This it was a pretty interesting game. I was uh, and when. Because I have red zone now. When they were putting it on this game, I was paying attention. I mean, this is this was a good game. I mean, you would think two teams only one win. How this could be a good game? It was a good game. 
was a really yeah. good game. Let's talk about your Seahawks. <laughs> so the Seahawks actually put up put a pretty dominant showing together. Um, I know the score says 37-23, but it really wasn't even that – didn't feel that close the whole game. I mean, the they, um, Chargers scored a late touchdown to make it closer, but the game was pretty much over. Um, let's see. Uh, K-9, Kenneth Walker to third, 23 carries, 167 yards, 7.3 uh, yards per carry, two touchdowns. Um, it was his, I believe, 75-yard touchdown that iced the game. His first touchdown was like a 12-yard carry. Um, right through the teeth of the defense. Um, Geno Smith, besides making throwing uh, one bad interception early, um, still put together a good game. And, uh, yeah, the defense actually showed up very well, too. It's funny. They signed Bruce Irvin, who, you know, obviously was on the Seahawks throughout the Legion of Boom days, and he left his imprint on that defense. Uh, Ryan Neal was all over the field, four pass defenses, a pick, um, how many tackles? Uh, seven. And Marquise Goodwin stepping in because uh, DK Metcalf had the lead game early with a knee injury, avoided serious injury. Thank God. Um, Tyler Lockett was battling a hamstring, so they kind of needed some of their other receivers to step up. Marquise Goodwin, four catches, 67 yards, two touchdowns, two impressive ones, too. Um, unfortunately, one of them came with uh, J.C. Jackson going down with a very bad. He ruptured his uh, patellar tendon, so he's out for the year. Here, prayers out to him. But um, yeah, this was the first complete game we've seen the Seahawks, and they took a step forward in the NFC West. Um, we'll see what they become. You know, the Chargers, they have some question marks. I think their question marks are more for the coaching than it is for the talent. Um, but we'll have to see. This was an interesting game. This was also a very interesting game. Um when uh, when um I was watching when I was watching this, I was like, wow, this is a good game. They could not stop they the Chargers couldn't stop Kenneth Ball. They they just can't. Um, yesterday I was texting a friend and I'm, and, and I saw a tweet that said, name your top 10 quarterbacks. If you're grading this season up to this point. So your top 10 quarterbacks as of right now, starting from week one on not using past, past achievements or past disappointment into this. And I'm sitting here thinking top 10 and I had to add Gino in that list. I had to. Gino is balling. Got two. Uh, Playing out of his mind. He puts the Seahawks in a weird position. I personally do not want to build around him. Uh, I'd rather move up in the draft and get one of those young studs like Bryce Young or us or CJ Stroud. Um, Gino Smith's on a one-year contract. He's going to walk into this offseason looking for at least one more shot at being a starter on a good contract. Um, there's some rumblings there saying, oh, let Gino just lead the offense and build around him. Yeah, that's all well and good, but as young as this team is, I'd rather just see a fresh start. I think a fresh start would be nice for the team. It's just because they're also winning. So if this offense if this if this front office can find a can find a way to get a young quarterback, I would say re-sign Gino. Have a young quarterback behind him because that young quarterback's not going to be too long. You guys can you you can build for the future while still being right good right now. They, there's no if there's no there's no they can't be mutually exclusive. 
You can do them together. The problem is, we know how long Geno Smith has waited for an opportunity like this. That's one of the reasons why he's playing so well. Um, so, and and unlike, you know, I, I compared Dan, the contract situation to Daniel Jones earlier, I think the way that Geno Smith has played this year is going to get him a market. I can see a couple of teams like the like the Panthers, if they wanted one more stopgap quarterback, um, or even the Texans, if they're not super committed to Davis Mills, I can see a couple of quarterbacks that uh, a couple of quarterback or even the Buccaneers reuniting with Todd Bowles. I can see a couple of teams that could see the way that Geno Smith is playing right now and be like, hmm, it might be time to bring somebody in. And I if think, it happens, I think if it happens, it happens. Yeah, I think if his if his market's not that good, he absolutely will be back on Seattle. My problem is I just think that because Geno Smith has waited so long to play like this, if Seattle was not willing to give him a good contract to commit to him, I can see him taking an offer to be the starter somewhere else. I get I respect that. Um Justin Herbert, um I'll Still say this. Injury. He, I'll say this. He's just playing through injury. He is underperforming in the sense that everyone thought he could be the MVP. But I don't think he's playing bad. Remember when I said list your top 10? I also put Herbert into that. I think that Justin Herbert is still playing well. Obviously not as well as what everyone thinks he is. Thought, thought he would be because everyone thought he was going to be like one of the best quarterbacks in the league with Patrick Mahomes. Obviously he's not that. But he's still playing like a good quarterback. It's, yeah, it's just that yards. it's just that it doesn't help where it doesn't help when you just now got wide receiver one back. Now you're gonna be out wide receiver two. The wide receiver three's been out. Offensive yeah. your best offensive lineman's out. Yeah. The They've got some injury concerns. The defense is not that good. They've got some uh injury concerns, but they've also kind of got some coaching issues too. It seems like they're playing more on Justin Herbert's strengths than they are playing within the flow of an offense. Yes, coaching needs to do better. The, the, the co- their coaches need to do better. How did you feel about that Jets-Broncos game? I mean, a defensive affair. Uh, Russell Wilson did not play. Which I thought, which we talked about last time, and I I was wrong. I said he was going to play. They they decided not to let him play. I do not want to see Brett Rippon throw the ball forty six times in a game ever ever in life. I don't want to see Brett Rippon throw the ball in general. Um, <laughs> he, he he wasn't he he just wasn't good. He wasn't good. I mean, he did what he can do, but it was just not good. Um, give it up to Sauce Gardner. He gets a round of applause because he had the clutch pass defense on Cortland Sutton that would have that would have brought the Broncos down a score. That would have brought the Broncos down just one point. So, so he broke up a touch a would be touchdown pass off of Cortland. He Sutton. did, but but Rippin did not launch that. He did not put the ball out there. If you put the ball out there, then then it would have been a better chance. Yes, yes, it wasn't a good pass. I'm still going to give Sauce Gardner his props. 
Sauce Gardner in coverage. He he is the terrific. He's been good. He's been really, really good. Obviously a superstar in the making. My thing is, I know Russell Wilson is pissed off seeing that because it's like if Russell Wilson's watching that play, he's probably sitting there thinking to himself, I would have made that throw. And to be honest, he probably would have. He probably would have. But at the same time, do you think this off? Do you think the Broncos' offense would have been significantly better with Russ? This was one of those games that was weird. Uh, I actually think that the Jets did more shutting down than the Broncos did not having a good offense. That's really what it is. Um, I think it would have been a defensive affair regardless because the Jets' mm-hmm. defense needs to be respected. Robert Sala is definitely making his mark. So, but but I, I do think the offense would have been a little better. The problem is, yeah, I, I guess it, it would have went either way. I was going to say that I could see Russ making that throw, but even if Russ had played the whole game, I still think they would have lost. And guys, stop confusing the two Mech Carters. There's two Mech Carters on the Jets. One's the running back, one's the defensive back. One went to Duke, one went to UNC. I didn't notice that there was two different um, Michael Carters. Stop confusing the two. <laughs> this Michael Carter is Michael Carter the second, though. So that's there's a difference. Yeah, there is a difference. There is a difference. Oh, and uh, Brees Hall is out for the year now. We talked about those three running backs, basically the top three for rookie of the year for us. Brees Hall, Damian Pierce, Kenneth Walker the third. In this one week, we've seen a shift. Kenneth Walker the third had a breakout game. Brees Hall went down with a season-ending injury, and Damian Pierce is going to do pretty much what we said he was going to do and just kind of stay where he is. Brees Hall would have had that breakout game if he didn't get hurt. I mean, before he got hurt, before rushes, he had a 62-yard touchdown. (laughs) That came in the first quarter, didn't it? Yeah. Yes, it did. He definitely was. He he was going to have that breakout game. Um, it's so it sucks to see a player like him go down like this early in the season because he's definitely yeah. got juice. And, and yeah, yeah, it, it really sucks. And Michael Carter, hopefully, he can come in and be the running back that we thought he would be last year. Um, they also traded for James Robinson, so they did trade not, for James yeah, Robinson. If not, they have James Robinson that could fill in. I mean, neither of them is going to be Brees Hall, but hopefully. Can, We're going to have to see what goes on with that, you know. I mean, Brees Hall, four four carries for 72 yards, 18 yards per carry. Michael Carter, 13 carries for 29 yards, 2.2 yards per carry. I know James Robinson is going to help with that, and I don't anticipate Michael Carter having a game like that as well. But we got to see what this does. I mean, Brees Hall definitely brought some juice to the Jets. Um, oh, we need to have, we need to have a conversation about Zach Wilson. It doesn't have to be today's show, but about who? Zach Wilson. Hey, all right. I, I have been saying it from the jump. I don't see it. I don't see it. I don't see it. I don't see it. The past two games, Zach Wilson did a lot of nothing. They won in spite of Zach Wilson. Yeah, I mean that man is right. That man is the number two overall pick, and he is riding the coattails. Of Robert Sala's defense, and the, uh, in that running game, we will have a conversation about Zach Wilson. Let's see what he does this week. He's got one more week to change how I feel. I have not seen it from the jump. 
They, I think this offense will be better with Joe Flacco in it or Michael White. We'll have to see because if Zach Wilson does nothing again, they really need to start talking about this in the bye. They're in their bye because they have a bye. They have a bye the next week because Zach Wilson, imagine if they were down. I don't trust Zach Wilson. Based on these games, I don't trust him doing anything. His old mom don't trust him, right? I, don't I trust mean, him yeah. Really. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, we're going to have to see. We also got to keep an eye on the Jets. All right. Just three more games for us to talk about. That Chiefs 49ers game I thought was pretty good. Um, but Patrick Mahomes just proved to be too much. 423 yards, three touchdowns. Um, CMC was in this game. Uh, they didn't give him the carries he really needed, but they did their best to utilize him. With his limited knowledge on the offense. Let's keep that in mind, too. Which is interesting, you know, Christian McCaffrey having eight carries, he averaged 4.8 yards per carry and caught the ball twice for 24 yards. You can already see that Kyle Shanahan's got plans. They let Jeff Wilson keep the uh, starting job, which, you know, might have been the right um, the, might, the right decision. But if it comes down to it, uh, Jeff Wilson, um, who are the other? Uh, Earl Mitchell, who's not playing. Um, Christian McCaffrey. Christian McCaffrey is going to end up being that lead bell cow if they want to start winning some games. Yeah, yeah. Jeff Wilson. They they, they made Jeff Wilson the starter because Christian McCaffrey's only been he only been practicing for two games, two days prior to the start of the, prior to the game. So so I and and so he doesn't have a lot of knowledge on the offense. So it's going to be hard to be like, okay, come in and start and get a whole bunch of carries. So he played as much as I thought he would. Um, and he played all right for how much he did play. Um, I mean, the game was close at halftime, and then the Chiefs just put their the put, put their foot in their necks and just moved on. That's what they do. I mean, speaking of rushing, I mean, who would have thought McCole Hardman carrying the ball twice, 28 yards, averaging 14 yards carrying, having two touchdowns. Both from just played. I think they're both from Jets. No, no, no. Yeah, yeah, they're both from Jet Sweeps. Both from Jet Sweeps, yes. Yeah. You know, Juju Smith-Schuster had his good game. MVS having a good game. We just see Patrick Mahomes knows how to place the ball. Um, I actually feel like, this is funny, um, the, the 49ers and Chiefs is interesting because I think the Chiefs might be one of the most complete teams that's good, and I think the 49ers might be one of the most incomplete teams that's good. The 49ers are still good. It for some reason to me they feel incomplete you know they're playing with jimmy garoppolo they're bringing in christian mccaffrey they're splitting carries jeff wilson uh george kittle is one of the most was one of the most consistent parts of that offense but he doesn't play as much because of injuries um the 49ers are still good but they just feel incomplete to me two things one sunday was national tight ends day yes it was Travis Kelsey and George Kittle both had six catches for 98 yards. Exact same stats. So just crazy. Exact same stats. Except for Kittle having a touchdown. Have it, yeah. And the color commentator was Greg Olson. Yeah, okay. Well, yeah. And you and, see that. National tight end day. You do see some tight ends go crazy. And then and um, and then, and then number two, I saw a video and – and 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 when I was watching the 49ers game, I was trying to I was looking to see to make sure that see if this was correct. And I'm like, 
wow, this, this might actually be right. Do you know that Jimmy Garoppolo, majority of his completions are in the middle of the field? I didn't know that, but it doesn't surprise me. He really only throws in the middle of the field. If he throws to the outside, I mean, he does. I mean, all quarterbacks throw everywhere, but if Jimmy Garoppolo throws to the outside, he's not as efficient. Yeah. I mean, that's when, that's pretty much because we've seen Jimmy Garoppolo play, you know, watching Seattle games so much that thinking about it, it's like that's really the only times where you see him throw. You only really see him throw to the middle of the field. Yeah, and I think if the 49ers want to be more complete, they would get a quarterback to replace Garoppolo. I mean, they had that with Lance, and then he got hurt. But, but if they get a, if they get someone to replace Jimmy Garoppolo and he actually stays healthy, then I think that this offense can really be explosive. What if they get Geno in the offseason? No, don't put yourself in that in that. Nah, don't think world. about that. Don't think about that because they don't have think Kittle. about it. They <laughs> have Kittle. They have IU. They have Debo. They have Christian McCaffrey. <laughs> Elijah Mitchell. We hurt Elijah Mitchell, but he's going to come back. They have the weapons on offense. <laughs> they have the best offensive lineman in football, Trent Williams. <laughs> They're one top 10 quarterback away from being back in the Super Bowl. I truly believe that. They, they are. They are. I really think they are. I just, I, I would not want to see Geno Smith. Nope. I'm not doing it. <laughs> and All the right. Chiefs are in the Chiefs. They're. We saw Isaiah Pachak. last name. We saw him get the start, which I don't know why he did, but it doesn't matter anyway. Him and Edwards Alaire ran the ball the same amount of times, which is not much. But they don't need to run the ball a whole much, a whole lot, because Patrick Mahomes is Patrick Mahomes. Um, yeah. Patrick Mahomes got a new toy to play with because he got uh, he got uh, what's his face from the Giants, Kadarius Tony. Kadarius Tony, yeah. Interesting trade. Not like they really needed him, but he is going to come in and be a return man, and he can provide some juice. We've seen him do it. For some reason, the Giants didn't want to play him. I do think that they needed a receiver. I think the Chiefs needed a receiver. I don't think they necessarily needed him, but they do need a receiver. I think they needed a receiver. All right. Well, let's get through these last two. Um, how did you feel about that Steelers Dolphins game? I did not catch much of it. I saw that. Um, uh, I saw Kenny Pickett throw three uh, three interceptions, but I also saw Tua throw his life with zero regard back in danger. <laughs> yeah, you would think that after coming back from an um, from a um, concussion like that, he would learn to slide. But no, he's going to take some charges. Um, I didn't catch much of it when the game was going on, but I did catch. And afterwards, um, Steelers defense. I I know I know what they say. If you play defensive back, you're actually a receiver that didn't doesn't know how to catch. They're really proving that. They dropped like four picks. Wow, wow. Steelers, you had a chance. Come on, you you had a chance. They didn't secure any. I saw one yeah. that was tipped in the middle of the field, and he dropped that one. Um, yeah, it, it was it was a shame. They really they, they the Steelers really blew this game. They really really blew this game. And Pickett, Kenny, Kenny, how's he looking to you? I mean, I oh. I hear I hear so much about his upside, and I have not seen any promise. 
I got based on what I've seen, he's just not he's just not it. I mean <laughs> he, he's not making good decisions. That last interception he threw, why didn't he run it? Mm. He had space to run it and got out of bounds. Instead he just launched it in the end zone and they got picked. I Man. mean, I mean, some of the picks are not his fault. Some of them are bouncing off receivers' hands. But still, come on, you, you, you gotta, Kenny, you gotta play better. I, I think he's gonna have the job the rest of the year. I, I don't think putting back in Mitch, Mitch is gonna do anything. But it, it's terrible, man. It's terrible. Well, we'll have to see. Um, I don't trust Mitch Trubisky to come back into the game. I, I know it puts it it puts um it puts um uh, Mike Tomlin in a weird position, but I would much rather see Kenny Pickett finish off the year and tr and trust his defense and get some new weapons than I would Mitch Trubisky coming back into the game. Um, uh, Mitch Trubisky is just not the answer. Um, this offense needs some juice. It does have juice in the form of George Pickens if they would actually throw the ball to him. This weird. This team is weird. I mean, you've got Najee Harris, who I think is, I know Najee Harris is not averaging the yards per carry that people expect him to, but he's only in his second year in the league. Um, they've got George Pickens, who can catch anything. Uh, Chase Claypool, take him out of the slot. Like that man is a big body DK Metcalf type of receiver. He can make those contested deep catches, and you play him in the slot. Do not understand it. Um. I don't know. We'll have to see what Kenny Pickett turns into. On the other side, you know, the Dolphins, they got back to winning since Tua played the last couple of games. Or since he didn't play the last couple of games, they, he steps back in. They get back to winning. Um, Dolphins might be a threat. Ask me in three more weeks. Yeah, you took the words right out of my mouth. I mean, that's what I concluded as well. I think – I think now I think the Dolphins now with their quarterback, I think they could really be a I think they can be a threat. They can really work to they have to really work because they're, they're, the AFC East is strong. The, the Jets have five wins, the Bills have five wins. I mean Who'd have thought? They, yeah, who would have thought the Jets would be up there? But but they have to really perform. They have to really try to perform. And I, and we're gonna talk about the Patriots after this, but I, I'm not counting them out yet. So, so the so the Dolphins got to win as many games as they can, and they cannot have, and they cannot let the simple, and they cannot let the little games, they cannot let the teams they should be beating, those games get out of hand. Beat the teams you need to beat, because you have a bloodbath in that division that they have to deal with. Yeah. Speaking of the Patriots, now a lot of people looked at me crazy, but I was like, nope. I I feel it. I feel this is going to be that game where the Bears come back and uh, get themselves right. Uh, the, I just have a problem with how they did it. You know, Justin Fields, yes, 179 yards, one touchdown, one interception. But you're having him run the ball 14 times. He can give you 82 yards. But this offense uh, for the Bears, as fun as it is, you cannot rely on winning games like that. That's why they started out. What they started out two and zero, right? And then they lost four in a row, and then they just won this one. That's why this offense can be fun if you're creative enough. 
But having Justin Fields throw the ball 21 times and also run the ball 14 times, knowing, you know, it's just not sustainable. And then on the other side, Matt Jones, threw an interception. Bill Belichick wasn't playing no games. He put Bailey Zappi in there, in there and he kind of lit, lit it up just a little bit. It was a weird game, like I knew it was going to be, but we got to see. I don't think Bailey Zappi lived it up. I don't think he did. I, he I, had I, what, what, one good drive? Yeah, but here's the thing about that drive. I One, the touchdown pass that he threw, it was a bad pass, which is an amazing catch by the receiver. And and the other and the other and the other play in that drive, Ramondre Stevenson is just a good player. He played he played well that game. Yeah, I I think Bailey Zappi and Mac Jones are just two sides of the same coin. They both played awful. They both played bad. They both played bad. Yeah. Um. I mean, they, and they all and you always say if you have if you have two quarterbacks, you have none. So the fact that. Belichick was quick to yank Mac Jones out. Did you actually want him to play? That's my yeah. th- that's just my theory. I, I don't know if you wanted him to play because why would you do that? Keep your yeah. quarterback in the game. You cannot just yank someone out and you do a pick. I mean, I think he fell in love with Bailey Zappi's two touchdowns last week. Which is sad considering they're actually starting they're actually starting Mac Jones next week. There's yes, thirty Mac Jones on Sunday, but yeah. but um but Justin Fields he played all right. You're right about the running. You can I'm I'm him running the ball. It's not the fact that he was running the ball. I think he should because that's another dynamic to that offense. Is the amount of times he did. Yeah. Um. David Montgomery and Clear Harbor doing their thing, splitting carries and both getting sixty-two yards on the ground. I mean that's really good. You got to keep – if you're going to rely on your running game, that's the two running backs you got to rely on, and they played really well against the Patriots' defense. Um, this is the um, best offensive show the Bears had all year so far. Which is saying something because it's not even like they really went crazy. We got to see. Um, the Bears, surprisingly enough, are three and four. Um, I do think the NFC North is a division that's still wide open. Packers aren't good. Lions are not good. Vikings are okay, but they're not known to really like dominate. Uh, Bears seem to be a scrappy young team, so we got to see. Um, there's a lot of teams like that. Where it's shout like, out to Matthew. And shout out to Matthew Judon. Two and a half sacks. He was dominating the first half. A lot of the stats yeah. in the first half, by the way, but he was dominating. Yeah. Well, that's week eight. I think week eight was an interesting one. Let's go through these. Um, oh, I'm sorry, that was week seven. Let's go through the games week eight, um, starting with tonight. Honestly, I do not see the Buccaneers writing it. Funny enough, Tom Brady stepped into this team, made them Super Bowl contenders, and right now I think Tom Brady is the weakest link. So uh, give me the Ravens. Um, I don't think it'll be a good game. I think it'll be an ugly game. I think we're back to Thursday night sleepers. Uh, um, but I do think the Ravens will squeak out a win. In order for the Bucs to win this game, their defense has to play like the defense of old. And then the then the offense has to find a way to score. The Ravens are prone to just messing it up. Just just messing it up. 
Yeah. Give me the Ravens. I think I'm not trusting the Bucks. It's very hard to trust the Bucks. I want to trust Tom Brady because it's Tom Brady. We're at the point. We're at the point where the moment things go wrong, he is throwing the ball, and that's not a successful winning, especially against the Ravens. So give me the Ravens. Broncos, Jaguars in London. In London, how are you feeling? So, so um, rumors came out that if the Broncos were to lose his game, Nathaniel Hackett would be in the hot seat and he'd be coaching for his job. Um, who knows if Russ is playing? I, I, I heard about what he did in the, in the plane on the way over to London. Cornball! But he has it, he's been limited to practice this whole week. He said he's playing. But hamstring issues are hamstring injuries are tricky. We all this is a sprint vision podcast. I mean, if you're a sprinter on the, if you run track and you're a sprinter, you you probably have dealt with a hamstring injury at some point in your career. So we all know how it is. You gotta be tricky with them hamstring injuries. Um regardless, regardless, I'm gonna go with the Jaguars because the Jaguars seems to play well in London for some reason. So um yeah, you're in the Jaguars. They do seem to play well in London. All right, next up, Lions and the Dolphins. Ha <laughs> ha, give me the Dolphins. Wow. What'd you say for your Broncos Jaguars prediction? You cut out a little. Oh, I agree with you. I think the Jaguars play well in London, and I think that uh, the Broncos are lacking some juice right now that the Jaguars are kind of scrapping the fine. So give me the Jaguars. Okay, and then you went with Dolphins Lions next, or what team? What team teams you said? Dolphins. I think it's gonna. Okay. I think the Dolphins are gonna dominate that. Yep, Dolphins are winning. I don't really need to talk much about this game. Um, Panthers Falcons. Ooh, oh, the, the battle of two mediocre teams. Yeah, um, it's a battle of mid. Yes, yeah, the battle of mid. Um, give me the. Oh my gosh, I don't even know. See, see, I was gonna <laughs> confidently say the Falcons, but then I'm like, I don't even know at this point. I don't know. Because Give me the Falcons. It, because Only... it depends on it depends on who can run the ball better. Yeah, and that's why I say give me the Falcons. Um, I think the Falcons could do a better job stopping the run. And I also trust Marcus Mariota's arm more than I trust uh PJ Walker's. So I'm gonna flip the coin and say give me the Falcons. I I'm gonna have to do the same thing. I I I, I gotta do the same thing from the Falcons. That one's a tough one. I'll take the Falcons. Vikings Cardinals, give me the Vikings. I'm not gonna lie, Kyler Murray does not play good against really, really um Kyler Murray does not play good against veteran defenses. Like defenses that know their identity, players that know their role and know how to play him. I think the Vikings is a bad matchup for him. Um, and I see Kyler Murray throwing two interceptions. So give me the Vikings. The Cardinals have DeAndre Hopkins. He's he's coming back into this. Robbie Anderson is in, Robbie Anderson is gonna come in. He, he it's the second the second game also. The defense the defense can stop Kirk Cousins if they really have to. 
they're going to have a problem with Justin Jefferson. They, they will have a problem. Um, but I'm. this is my upset. I can go with the Cardinals. Guess what? That's one we'll have to come back to. Here, mm-hmm. you take the next two. All right. All right. Raiders and Saints. I mean, I mean, another battle of two mids. And um, Andy Dalton's the starting quarterback. However, there's no way I can not select the Raiders right now. I mean, I mean, with Josh Jacobs just eating, it is hard for me to say no to the Raiders. So I'm going to go with the Raiders. I think the Raiders can pull this one out. And this will be their and this will be their first win away from Allegiant Stadium. And then the next game I'm going to go, and then the next game will be the Brown, with the Bears and Cowboys. Um, I mean, I mean, the Bears are looking like they're trading away their pieces. They traded Robert Quinn to the Eagles. So, so they're and and I feel like they're gonna probably trade David McGovern at some point also. So this offense, so this so the Bears are are building down their team. I I think that the Cowboys are gonna be playing better than the Bears. So I'm I have the Cowboys beating the Bears. Yeah, I think um I think that's a good assessment. How do you feel about that Raiders Saints game? Oh yeah, that's the game. You, that's the game. You that's the game. Um, you missed me talk about. I said Raiders. Oh Raiders. Yeah, yeah, I think I I would agree with you. Raiders got some juice. They're a team that they got the pieces. They just haven't put them together yet. I think last week was a good showing of what they could be. Um, and I actually think that they uh that they rely more on the receiving game than they do the running game. The Steelers and the Eagles. Honestly, I am going to take the Steelers for the upset. And the reason why is I think this defense is not going to get embarrassed two times in a row. Um, and I think the Eagles are flying a little too high right now. So give me the give me the Steelers in an upset. Give me the Eagles. I don't You're not going to go away. Be... You can't. It's hard to argue against. My gut yeah. just tells me the Steelers are going to get it right. Yeah, I'm, I'm taking I'm taking the Eagles. I mean, the, the Steelers, their offense is just not looking too high and. There's just no way I can comfortably say that the Eagles, that the Eagles will lose this game. I, I just can't. I yeah. think that I, I, I don't think, I think, I think if anything, this could be a lower scoring game, but I, I can't see Pickett in that offense doing anything against this Eagles defense, even without the trade. Now adding in the trade. Yeah, I, I can. I can agree with you there. Patriots and Jets. I mean, my first upside alert was Cardinals over the Vikings. My next one's going to be the Patriots beating the Jets. I think that I think that I think that the Patriots. I, I don't. I I think Bill Belichick is going to have this team coached up, and I think their offense can find a way to outdo the Jets' offense and win the game. And I think the Jets will really see the hit. On Brees of uh, without of not having Brees Hall because I don't think James Robinson's been playing a whole lot. So I think the Jets are going to really see how much their offense goes down because of the loss of Brees Hall. I agree with you. Simply put, 
I just think this is a bad matchup, a bad divisional divisional matchup from the Jets and the Patriots is going to be a low-scoring affair. Honestly, if the if the Jets were not starting Zach Wilson, then I might have a different answer. But because I anticipate them starting Zach Wilson, I do think he's going to throw two interceptions. Um, I do think that the running game is not stout enough to really run all over the field against Patriots uh, running uh, run defense, and that's why I think the Patriots are going to win. And I want to, and I want to, I want to fix up a, a mistake I said. Um, this wouldn't be an upset alert because Vegas, the Vegas Oz has the Patriots winning. Oh, do they? Okay. Yes. yes. All right, Titans, Tech, Texans. I've, I've got the Titans. The last three games that Derrick Henry played against the Texans, he ran for over two hundred yards each game. In the last three games, Derrick Henry averaged 38 fantasy points. Yeah, wow. Derrick Henry eats against the Texans. Why else should I think that why else should why should the Texans win this game? How should the Texans win this game? They're not. Give me the Titans. <laughs> I'll let you start with the Giants and Seahawks. Giants, Seahawks? Okay, so so it would be an upset if the Giants win because the Vegas Oz has the Seahawks win. Why? Okay. All right. That's fine. I, I guess yeah, you got you got to incorporate them being at home also. And they have that. And they have the 12th man home field advantage. I, I I guess I don't know. Um, it's a matter of do I? It's a matter of do you think the Seahawks can beat the Giants even though they're in this crazy streak? Basically, can the can the Seahawks stop? Saquon. How do you feel about it? I think if the game's close, the Seahawks are losing. But if you can put your foot put foot on your necks and score score early and often, the Seahawks can win. However, I do imagine this being a close game. Because of that, I have to say the Giants. Here's why I think the Seahawks are a bad matchup for them. I'm going to go with the Seahawks. Jordan Brooks is a really good tackling linebacker. Um, got an all-pro vote last year. Led Broke the franchise record in tackles. Um, my question is, or not my question, my, my issue is Daniel Jones has been a consistent force, but he hasn't been a, like, juice. He hasn't been fire, you know? I think you can shut Daniel Jones down. We've got two corners that's playing really good. What wide receiver is going to take the top off with Tariq Woolen and Quandre Diggs shutting down that entire half of the field? Michael Jackson playing decent on the other side. If Saquon Barkley is going to be your home hitter in this game, I'm not too worried about it. Our front four is doing a pretty good job defending the run, as well as Jordan Brooks being the linebacker that can probably match Saquon for speed. The one problem is that the Seahawks cannot defend screens at all, at all, at all. So, so if the screen game is in the Giants' playbook, I see them getting points. But if, if it's not relying on the screen game, I do see them making it life tough on Saquon. I'm going to go with the Seahawks. I do think it'll be a close game, but I just think that the Seahawks might have a little more. Giants defense is good as a system, but Geno Smith leads the league in completion percentage, which means he obviously has some trust and knows where to place the ball. So, yeah, give me the Seahawks. 
close game. Very good game. I think it'll be the best game of the, of the week. Um, yeah, I think it'll be the best game of the week. But give me the Seahawks. Well, I know this next game won't be the won't be the best game of the week. Actually, I think it'll be the worst game of the week. Commanders Colts. You start. <sighs> give me the Commanders. There are some teams where until they prove me wrong, I you know I know I chose the Colts last week to beat the Titans, but that was because of the matchup because of, because I felt like they were similarly constructed to the Washington to shut down Derrick Henry. They didn't shut down Derrick Henry, which is why they lost. Colts have no juice right now. Until they get some juice, I don't see them beating a team that has a little bit of juice. The Commanders is funny; they're the opposite. They've got some juice. They just have not put it all together yet. Inconsistency, inconsistent play calling, quarterback play, et cetera, et cetera. Give me the commanders because they can. They got the receivers to throw the ball. They've got the running backs to run the ball. They just haven't had a game where they've done both in a dominant affair. And part of that is because of quarterback and play calling. Give me the commanders. I think this is the first game where we have a complete commander's victory. So Sam Ellinger and Taylor Heineke are, are similar quarterbacks in terms of <laughs> they're not physically gifted, but they can run and they have heart. Um, I just don't see either of them really throwing the ball so much. I think it'll be a battle of running game Ooh. and who can stop the run. The Colts have the better running back. I mean, I, I, I think the Colts have a better running back than every team in the NFL, minus the minus some teams. Um, the Jonathan Taylor. However, Washington's defense, and particularly the defensive line, has been able to stop running games. They've been able to do it. They were able to neutralize the Bears running attack. They're able to neutralize the Titans. Yeah. I can see them neutralizing the Colts also. My issue is my issue, at least with both teams, both teams, is just they have to throw the ball what's going to happen because they're not launching. Their new, their new quarterbacks are going to be able to launch it. If they do, pick City. Yeah. This is Sam Ellinger's first start. And if I'm not mistaken, actually, I, I, don't, I don't know if he ever played – I don't know if he ever played. I don't think he has. I don't think he has. But I, I, I don't. I don't know. I don't know if he ever played in the league prior to played in the regular season prior to Sunday. I don't know. Um, if this was if Matt Ryan, I would have went Colts. I would have went Colts. But it's <laughs> but it's with Sal Ellinger. Um, it's about the unknowns. I'm a fan, so I'm a, I'm obviously going to watch it, but. If you don't live in the DMV, Indianapolis, or in Austin, Texas, you're probably not watching this game. And the reason why I specifically said Austin, Texas is because Sam Ellinger went to University of Texas. Yeah. I'm also going to go with the Commanders. There's, I, I cannot – I mean, it'll be sad if the Commanders lose this game. And if they do lose this game – I know personally some Commanders fans that is going to rip this team a new one. <laughs> All right. 49ers, Rams, give me the 49ers. 
Um, I've already said this before. There's certain teams that just beat in the NFC West. Pete Carroll always beats Kyle Shanahan. Kyle Shanahan always beats um, uh, Sean McVay. And everybody beats Cliff Kingsbury. Uh, so, yeah, <laughs> give me the point. <laughs> give me the point. Everybody beats Cliff Kingsbury. Before, I just don't, the Rams are not looking good this year, even though they've been winning some games. Um, they don't really have the juice. Uh, give me the 49ers. So here's the reason I'm going with the Rams. They're coming off a bye. They're getting Van Jefferson back. Um, the Rams are getting healthy. They lost out on the uh, CMC trade, so I know they're gonna be mad at them. I think that the I think that the Rams can find a way to start coming to start. They're gonna find a way to start picking up that office again. And I just cannot see the Rams letting the NFC West sweep him. I cannot see it happening. The Rams, the 49ers won the first time. I just can't see him doing it twice. I'm not even going to mention the home field advantage because the Rams don't have home field advantage. I'm going with the Rams. In an upset. We'll have to come back and look at that. How do you feel about the Bills and Packers? Bills. I'm I'm not I'm never choosing I'm never choosing against the Bills. Give me the Bills. <laughs> yeah, give me the Bills. It's it's gonna be ugly. I think that's gonna be a blow up. The fact that it's the Sunday night game and not one of the other two games we just talked about is horrendous. I remember right. talking, I remember talk, I was talking to a friend, and this is the reason why I got Red Zone. I was like, okay, I'm tired of watching the same teams on television because it's like they're going to show you the games that you, that everyone thinks they're going to want to watch in that area. But for some reason here, if it's – if some reason here, if it's not the Commanders or the Ravens, it's always the Packers. It's always the Cowboys. It's like, come on. Why do we have yeah. to keep watching those teams? So so I, I decided, okay, if you're going to make me watch those games, I'm going to find a way to watch the games myself. I'm going to find a way to watch the games. Just having one sitting – Watching, having all the games, so I know what's going on. Yeah, so that's why I got red zone, and and in seeing the Packers on Sunday night, I I just don't understand it. Why couldn't they just flex this game? I would rather watch 49ers Rams or yeah, 49ers Rams or I mean, a lot of these games aren't good, but I'm sure I'm sure if they flex one of these games, I'll watch it. Yeah. I mean, the only two, the only game with two teams, I guess two teams on the winning record are Giants Seahawks. You can flex that, and I will watch. Yeah, it. yeah, yeah. It's a smart bet to choose the Bills. Yeah, yeah. I'm, not, I'm never choosing against the Bills. I'm never. I'm, <laughs> I'm not. Now, now, the only thing, now, the only thing I will say is, do you think would you take the over or under an eleven and a half? Eleven and a half. Yeah. Points? Yeah. What combined? No, no, the spread. So, how much you think they'll win by? Oh, over. I think the Bills are going <laughs> to win by like. I think the Bills going to win by at least sixteen. I, I think that's the tougher question, and if they're going to win, because I, 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 they're they're winning. They're winning. It's a matter they're, of what they're that winning. Spread. Yo, they're winning. They're winning yeah. this game. It, this might be the easiest yeah. pick we have had. Like this is. <laughs> and and it and watch the and watch the Packers win it. Stupid. 
All right. Last game of the week, Bengals-Browns. I honestly think the Bengals are going to win, and I honestly don't think it'll be close. I honestly think the Bengals are going to blow the Browns out. Uh, the Browns have been relying on their defense to this point. Jacoby Brissett has not been the answer. Uh, I just think the Bengals are going to – I think the Bengals are, are on, on the rise right now. So give me the Bengals winning by at least 10 points. We have about another month till we see the Sean Watson in the Browns uniform. Yeah. Until then, we got to see the measure of the Browns' offense. Even though Nick Chubb is leading their leading rushing yards, and if they really want to do something, just hand, hand the football off to him. But they're doing that, and they're still losing. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> so give it the Bengals. We'll have to come back to see how everything shakes out, though. Um, hopefully this week's is interest is more interesting than last week. Last week was just not that interesting of a week of football. They got some better games this week, but not many. Yeah, and 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 hopefully, um, like I said, hopefully your favorite teams are winning, unless you're a Colts fan because you're, you're not winning. We did but, not um, reverse jinx this week. Let's see if we, you know, if we're if we're both not here sitting ducks. Okay, okay. If if both our teams end up losing, then uh, then you you might be seeing us doing the reverse jinx from now on. We got to um, go back. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you everybody for tuning into today's episode. Um, we hope that you will, you know, like and subscribe and uh, leave a rating, and um, we'll catch you on the next one. Yes. Yeah. Um, so long, everybody. Um, Thanks for the listen.